to episode 157 of Late Night Linux, recorded on the 20th of December, 2021. I'm Joe, and with me are Fainan. The ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> Graham. The ghost of Christmas present. And Will. The ghost of Christmas future. I suppose that makes me Scrooge then, which is probably uh, <laughs> fair. <laughs> so this time, we're going to look back on our previous predictions, and we're going to make some more predictions. So, 2021 predictions. Fail him. Your first one was there'd be a mass extinction event due to a security shitstorm, as in a whole generations of CPUs have to be binned, or an economically unfixable software issue on infrastructure level code. You are not having Log4j. That doesn't count. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> it close. Does count. It exactly counts, and it is exactly this week that. Oh no, last week that it happened. No bollocks. This just needs a few patches, and yet it's a bit of a tricky one, and it's probably one of the worst that we've seen. No, no, it needed more patches, and then it wasn't quite fixed. Who knows? In the future, from when we're recording this, the whole internet could be on fire. You're not having a point for Log4j. Oh, fuck off. D- you were talking about speculative execution and having to get rid of a whole... Who knows what I was talking about? That was a year ago. Well, I listened to the fucking thing yesterday. Damn it. And uh, Will was saying that maybe they will end up having a, a load of Xeons or something that they have to just sell off as uh, consumer level for 100 quid and that people would buy them. But this has just not happened. You were wrong. You, you weren't... I mean, come on. If you'd predicted that there was going to be a big security vulnerability that needed to be patched and was tricky. Yeah, you, you would have gone, no, you're not having that, because that's obviously going to happen. Exactly. And so, no, you don't get that. Fine, fine. All right, Graham, your first one was, Apple completes its macOS slash iOS merger, finally making its iPad Pro with a keyboard and touchpad its new MacBook Pro, and that it means that all of the music-making software that you love and other professional software will be available on an iPad. This has not happened. Yeah, I was wrong. I mean, the point that I made as well was that this would have a knock-on effect on Linux, to have a Linux link to it. But I mean, I have actually tried this this year to work on an iPad because I was interested to see where Apple was going, and it's not even close, and I don't think they're even going to go there. They've got Sidecar, which is like a screen-sharing app for from macOS and iPad, which makes it kind of fit as a spare display. But iPad OS is just rubbish for professional stuff to be able to try and do multitasking or anything you need a computer to do. Um, and I don't think I haven't seen any moves by Apple to make this. So yeah, I was completely wrong. What's a computer? <laughs> what happened to that advert? Eh? That was just total bollocks. It's the iPad is so different from macOS. Now I've experienced both. I don't know where you got the idea they were going to converge. They're just totally different. Well, it, it was because of the M1. It was because the M1 was in the iPad and the M1 came to the MacBook and the MacBook Pro now. Um, and I just thought that it made sense that app developers were creating, the, they, were, they were investing in migrating stuff to ARM. And when they did that, they may as well build for a single platform uh, and that would be a single unified app. I mean, in some ways it's worked the other way. You can run iPad apps on macOS, but not the way that I predicted. No, so no points there. Will, yours was, uh, I seem to recall saying something like Will's dream time rather than a proper prediction. <laughs> that was the amazing rebirth of the netbook. And you thought that we'd see a Linux-based ARM 13-inch laptop that would be affordable and light. And that we've just not seen yet, have we? No, not at all. Um, if anything, the opposite has happened. Apple have gone the big boy ARM rather than these sort of small, light, cheap laptops that I was imagining. I am baffled that not even one company has come up with a ARM-based laptop 
for the masses. But we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, wrong. Now, let me just caveat this with, I wanted to fucking win for a change. And so I went with this as my first one. One of the CentOS rebuilds will succeed and become the de facto standard, probably Rocky. Ooh, bad choice. Well, so here's the thing. I thought that this was a surefire win and a definite point. Yeah, I thought you were cheating. Well, no, but it turns out I don't get the point because you've got Alma Linux and Rocky and they are fighting it out seemingly and we do not have a de facto standard yet. Rocky have won a lot of the mind share, but then in terms of the community stuff, Alma's doing a lot better. Of course, they did sponsor an episode of this show in 2021. So, you know, I have to disclose that. That's Alma Linux. But for my money, we don't have a winner yet. And I was just wrong. I can't believe that this seemingly obvious thing did not happen. But then again, Rocky did sponsor a whole lot of Google ads saying, did you mean Rocky Linux when you typed in absolutely nothing like Rocky Linux? Yeah. Yeah. Although we've seen other companies do that. So uh, Just make it right. Well, indeed. Right. So, Phelim, your second one then. Enforced hybrid cloud for regulatory and uptime guarantees in law. And you said that no law will be mandated quickly enough, but there'll be work underway to write it. Uh-huh. This has not turned out to be the case, has it? No, it has not. <laughs> you said that people would be forced to have a bit of on-prem and at least spread their loads across different public clouds, but we've just not seen it. Well, yeah, but I think we should also point out that they should, because I think we've seen some whopping great outages in the last year. Even in the last month, there's been loads of them. And it's shocking to think that in a completely distributed network, you have like five or six single things that can have one outage and then take out rest of the web. And then we've had Facebook take themselves out when they had their own issue because they pushed an update to their networking system that then took out their help desk. They couldn't even fix their item because they couldn't even get into the building. I mean, it's just, it's got farcical at this point. Just stupid. There should be at least one Facebook at gmail.com address (laughs) knocking about there somewhere so they can at least get the fucking email that says it's going to go wrong. It's uh, it's unreal. I think that was, again, wishful thinking by you, wasn't it? It was wishful thinking, but it was just like, does nobody see that this might even be a remotely good idea? If you have a company, why would you put all your eggs into one basket? Yeah. All right. Well, Graham, your second one ties in with one of mine as well. You said, Raspberry Pi creates a new product range, either a microcontroller or something based on an FPGA. Yeah. And they, uh, they launched the Raspberry Pi Pico RP2040, a kind of an Arduino competitor, except for it's not because Arduino are repackaging the same SOC and making their own uh, chips. I think I get a point for this. Yeah. And I'm really happy to see the Raspberry Pi um, Foundation branching out into other form factors. And it'd be nice to see an FPGA in the future. But I think that's I'm not going to add that to next year's predictions. I demand we have all of your emails to see there was no email from Ben (laughs) or Andrew about this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even denying it. Fucking outrageous. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. No, I just put that laugh in there to entertain people. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, one of mine was that it'd be a new Pi Zero and it would be more powerful. And that was where I ended the sentence. So I definitely get a whole point. You do in your arse. I I definitely didn't mention anything about more RAM or anything, but uh, come on. 
even with more, yes, it's got the same amount of RAM, but it's more powerful and it's a new Pi Zero. And you claimed that I had inside knowledge, but I said, and I listened to this, as I said, I said at the time, look, it's due for a refresh. It's just bound to happen. And this this was this was very uh, astute of me. This was good game playing. That's not how I recall the conversation. I think you edited it afterwards. <laughs> I think there's a nice bit of wishful thinking because we all wanted a new Pi Zero as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, Graham and I both get a point. Excellent. Will, you said a very real threat of all-out cyber war. Yeah, I don't really remember what the world was like a a year ago, but it was a pretty sure thing that we were going to be living in holes in the ground by this point, Uh, not only because of COVID, but also because of hackers and things like that, Uh, foreign powers attacking infrastructure, foreign powers attacking corporations, hack attacks, stealing secrets. All of this thing was at the forefront of my mind and has continued to be uh, a, a significant player in the news. But I don't really think there's been a real proper cyber war. No, you could try and spin this uh, log for j thing. But again, you'd be uh, onto a loser there, I think. But yeah, this has just not happened uh, fortunately, I was going to say unfortunately for you and points, but fucking hell, thank fuck it hasn't happened yet. I don't know. You see, I'd give I'd give you a quarter of a point in a very generous frame of mind in the fact that the entire Irish health service was taken out by not warfare, but it was cyber criminals looking to get encrypted hard drives, etc., all that type of stuff. It's not the only case of it either. There's been the the pipeline in the US as well. I think you're worth something. I don't think you get... It's not a big zero, that's for sure. Mm. I agree. I think the Facebook outage and the DNS stuff that was going on, considering lots of people consider Facebook to be the internet, is is quite close as well. Not doing myself any favours here, but I would argue that I probably lose points for my Facebook fight Apple on privacy, (laughs) lose and die, when what happens is Facebook and Apple had a fight and Facebook won. Mm. I don't. I don't think it's zero. I don't think it should be zero. I think that's that is unfair. It's been a, a rope year for cloud-based stuff. Well, maybe point one points, but I think it's academic anyway. <laughs> Phelan, you cheated and had a three and four, even though we were only supposed to do two each, and one of them was fucking spot on as well. You said the year of Wayland on the desktop, and you specifically said that Ubuntu twenty two oh four will be looking to ship Wayland by default. Well, just yesterday, I booted the latest daily image and installed it. And sure enough, Wayland by default. So, boom, you get a point through shenanigans by having too many fucking uh, no, no, predictions. No, if you didn't read the rules that I made up on the spot, that's your own fault. <laughs> well, you also said there'd be a cute related disaster with unsupported five. And well, you that get didn't minus happen. one for Ha-ha. that. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> so you end up with zero points. Boo. So therefore, Graham and I are joint winners on one each. Okay, this episode is sponsored by Linode. Go to linode.com slash late night Linux to get started with $100 free credit. From their award-winning support offered 24-7, 365 to every level of user, to ease of use and setup, it's clear why developers have been trusting Linode for projects both big and small since 2003. Deploy your entire application stack with Linode's one-click app marketplace or build it all from scratch and manage everything yourself with supported centralized tools like Terraform. Linode offers great price-to-performance value for all compute instances, including GPUs, as well as block storage, Kubernetes, and more. Linode makes cloud computing fast, simple, and affordable, 
allowing you to focus on your projects, not your infrastructure. So go to lino.com slash late night Linux, create a free account with your Google or GitHub account or your email address, and you'll get $100 in credit. That's lino.com slash late night Linux. On to a bit of admin then. And first of all, thank you everyone who supports us with PayPal and Patreon. We really do appreciate that. You can find out more at latenightlinux.com slash support. And remember, for $5 or more per month on Patreon, you can get an advert-free RSS feed. And if you want to get in contact, show at latenightlinux.com. So, our 2022 predictions then. Will, your first one was business learns from Log4J and starts to do the right thing. But you also said slash nothing noteworthy happens at all. (laughs) (laughs) Global warming, case in point. Yeah, I I was kind of in two minds about this. As we said last episode, what has actually changed this year from what we talked about last year? There's been lots of storms in teacups and a lot of angry words, but nothing's changed. And I don't believe anything will change further. I kind of think that the Log4J business will have shit up a few big companies and it has also exposed the lack of investment in open source from companies they're very happy to take it for free and very unhappy to give somebody friday afternoon to contribute back to a few projects that they use in their products and i kind of hope in my heart of hearts i really wish for people to learn from log4j and say right we are going to start giving people a day a week or an hour an afternoon or whatever it is however small amount it is to contribute back to open source projects that they use in their products that they profit from and we start to see some real investment in multiple low-level tiny open source projects that everybody relies on and nobody pays for well this exact same thing happened after heartbleed and we never had any further problems so uh no hang on (laughs) nothing happened nothing happened and uh no one is going to learn anything from this i don't think well i don't think you can quantify that so i don't know how you're going to get a point either way will i don't care we're all going to be dead by next year (laughs) (laughs) fair enough okay phelim you said apple locks down the m1 family with a security update yes and i'm not saying this because i'm a spiteful person who doesn't like these things but i think it's going to happen because apple is in its heart a middleman and they make their money out of the app store and for people to start making a useful operating system on the m1 systems on linux they're not going to be happy in the long run if that seeps into that market now a very cynical person would say that the only reason that they're allowing linux to exist on that platform in such minuscule numbers is the fact that they're probably going to get an antitrust hearing with the eu based on the fact that the app store is being creaming money out of people and sitting there as a middleman and maybe this is their way to go oh no but you can use linux on an apple product it'll be great but i still think if they see numbers tweaking because they want those numbers going up every month and they've even got offerings where uh, businesses can buy an apple m1 for 30 dollars a month i mean i'm sure there's a leasing number on that but the only way they're going to be offering that is they know they're going to make their money back on the App Store. You're so, so wrong about this, man. You need to follow Hector Martin on Twitter. I do. And have you not read about... Yeah, I'm sure. But it doesn't take anything to take that away. Apple actively... or Okay, Apple is not the right word. People within Apple are actively helping them out uh-huh. with some of the stuff that they're doing. And it just takes one trusted platform module update to say 
anything that's not Apple is invalid from now on. I know two people who have bought M1 machines specifically to run Linux on them. Is that you and Chris? <laughs> no, because I bought mine secondhand, so Apple didn't see a penny of that. But Chris is one of them, yes, and someone else has bought one that I know, and they are looking to run Linux on them. So that's two sales that they have made. But they don't make money on that hardware. I'm sure they make some money, but the amount of money involved in designing, building, all that chip, fab plant, all that type of work, pales in insignificance to the amount that costs to build a fab plant to do all that work. Their money is that 30%, every purchase of every product, every in-app purchase, all those things that they're now going to be in trouble with, with various regulatory bodies around the world, that is how they make their money. They are worth so much money. And if you multiply the 10% of every laptop that exists, it does not add up to the number of billions of dollars that they have. They make money on software. They don't care, though. They won't make any money on a Linux laptop. Why would they allow you to be using it if you if you did use it that way? Because they'll make a little bit and you have to dual boot. So you're going to have to have macOS anyway and you'll probably end up using some of their services. That doesn't add up. I think they're going to crush that because they'll lock it down. They'll make up some privacy bullshit and talk about oh, protecting the children or God knows what, but they are going to lock it down. We'll see. And then I can sit here in my spite and bile and be happy. Well, you're wrong, and you're definitely not going to get a point there. So you're just throwing this away this time, it seems. You just don't want to win. It doesn't give you anything anyway, one point, Vadim. I got one last year. (laughs) (laughs) I got one. It was swiftly taken away. (laughs) Yeah, well, easy come, easy go. The only way to win is to not play the game. (laughs) Graham, you said... The price of old 8-bit and 16-bit computing hardware soars because it was built and designed before the Cold War on our data and nefarious spying from every direction. More and more people start using old computers for basic tasks to keep their data from being harvested and spied upon, eventually becoming its own subculture. Accessing the internet through firewalls running on Commodore 64s at low (laughs) bandwidth. Bits become important again. Latest C64 with cassette deck sold for $34.99. Yeah, so actually, I mistakenly pasted the uh, synopsis of my science fiction novel. (laughs) (laughs) But this is something I've been thinking about for quite a long time. Not that this will happen exactly like this, but I do think that the price of, um, unfortunately, the price of old 8-bit and 16-bit hardware is really inflated. But... There's something in, we talked about it in the last episode about the the Mars rover and people making the most out of the hardware they've got. And there's something, okay, it's got to be tangible, but using those old computers where you know that nothing could be subverted, that you you can spend some time in, you know, really exploring the the uh, CPU capabilities. I mean, we've seen it recently with people doing um, reverse engineering of games and stuff. This doesn't sound great, does it? But I do... <laughs> But I do think, okay, I just think the price of old hardware is going to become more expensive. I think you're right, because John Deere tractors, if you could get one that was pre-digitization, do you know that the windshield on a tractor has a chip in it? So you can't replace the windshield on the tractor unless it's a John Deere fucking windshield. Yeah. And I guess that's what I mean, but I can't say it in in a single sentence in a way that can be measured so that I can get a point. Okay, so my first one is that the GNOME downstream will put together a new desktop, probably based on EFL, that will be in a decent alpha state by the end of the year. This will have no cute worries, no GNOME worries, and images of Ubuntu with it will be floating around that are usable 
also Arch and some other distros. Nothing released, you know, just alpha, beta type state. And there's going to be an active community that are finding and reporting the many, many bugs in this. And I think that the Solus devs, Pop, Arch, and Debian, they'll all be contributing to it and speaking positively about it. It won't be default in any distros, but it'll be easy to test by the end of the year. A whole new desktop. Will they be holding hands around a campfire and singing with guitar? Yeah. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother, etc. Do you have any predictions about what packaging format it will use? Would it be... Uh, <laughs> I'm not wishing to, to oh, throw petrol on this really? particular it's bonfire. It's Christmas. It's Christmas, Will. <laughs> keep it light. Keep it light. <laughs> no, this is just... Uh, it's going to be packaged however you want it to be packaged. And uh, uh, we're going to see a new desktop. I genuinely think we're going to see a new desktop, but it's not going to be some Mickey Mouse affair. This is going to be a lot of respected players in desktop Linux will be contributing to this and we'll only see the birth of it. And, you know, it's not going to be default, as I said, but I think it's going to be a big player in the future, but it's going to start in 2022. I think the shenanigans here because that's Cosmic, surely. Well, no, because Cosmic is just GNOME with some extensions. So it's, it's not going to even be GTK based? No, it's going to be based on EFL, the Enlightenment Foundation libraries. Have you guys ever seen Event Horizon, the film? You know, when they look through into the alternate dimension, everybody's like ripping their eyeballs out and pulling their intestines through their mm. belly button. <laughs> is, is that what it's going to be like at the end of 2022? No, it's going to be uh, hunky-dory. Just you wait. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, this episode is sponsored by CBT Nuggets, training for IT professionals or anyone looking to build IT skills. Go to cbtnuggets.com slash late night Linux and sign up for a seven day free trial. The on-demand virtual labs mean you can build practical experience with the commands, config, scripts, and everything you need to get the most out of each course. Another standout feature is the accountability coaching service available to all learners with a subscription, which gives you access to a real person who will help you craft a personalized learning plan and set goals and will check in with you to keep you accountable. So start your free seven-day trial today at cbtnuggets.com slash late-night-linux. It includes unlimited access to all course materials, including virtual labs. That's cbtnuggets.com slash late-night-linux. Okay, Will, your second one is maybe this will be the year of the ARM laptop instead. (laughs) You still believe it's going to be a big thing. So you're doubling down. Yeah, doubling down on this for sure. I, I can't believe that nobody has decided that they would jump on the ARM laptop bandwagon. I would have thought Dell would have been right on this with something of their own based on ARM, low power, battery that lasts for days, uh, but nothing. So this year they will see sense and they will they will start producing something like this. I also think that technology has moved to the point where we've got a a bus, a standard bus that is fast enough to do pretty much everything now. With USB 3.2, I think it is, you you can run an external graphics card plugged in over the same connector that you run your displays off over the same connector that you power your laptop off and is your Ethernet connection and everything. So I think with, with this standard connector, the laptop form factor becomes super standardized. You only need one type of connector And you don't need to run an Intel or AMD hardware that is power hungry. You can run everything off ARM silicon, 
super low power consumption, super long battery life, and the world will be a better place and we won't all die after all. Not immediately. I think you're hedging your bets somehow. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, ARM laptop is the new canonical IPO or gets bought by Microsoft. This is going to be every fucking year in the predictions. Ten years from now, we'll be there. <laughs> well, we'll see. Phelim, your second one. After Ubuntu 22.04, canonical drops normal GNOME. How does this tie in with mine then? Well, I think you stole your idea from me, essentially, is what happened there. I had not read yours when I wrote mine. Well, mine was in a dock before everybody else's, I would like to point out. So all their points belong to me. Yours was in the dock, but I had not read it. I came up with mine rather drunk and wrote them in my own dock and pasted them into the predictions dock and hadn't read yours. And then the next day I was like, ah, fuck, Phelan's is quite similar to mine. Dear listener, please remember this in a year's time, or now as you hear it. Oh, no, next year. Jesus, I'm confused. Yeah, anyway, right. Gnome has not been playing nice with others. I think they've got a very defined definition of what they want. I don't think anybody else sorts to gel with that, and I think Canonical will do something. I think they'll fork Gnome, maybe even use a sort of a snapshot from 3.8 or 4.2 or whatever, but I think they'll just sort of patch from there. But I, I think they're going to have so many extra packages on top and plugins that they're just not going to be able to merge with the upstream. I think it's just going off on its own tangent of developer sort of fascinations with simplicity. And I don't think that's usable by normal folks. And I think they will have to sort of define themselves and put a peg in the sand or whatever the term is and uh, go on their own way. But it will be GTK. I think it will because that's just what the developers they have right now. Um, maybe they'll change something else. I, I I didn't really go into the specifics, but I think it's going to be a, a gnome that's going to be just stuck in time, maybe even. Mm. Well, that is distinct from mine then, at least. You forced me into that by choosing to uh, steal mine first, I guess. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Graham, you are looking for some seriously easy points here. <laughs> so I changed this. When when I was listening to you talking about the Raspberry Pi Zero, I quickly pasted this in. Right. A new Raspberry Pi. <laughs> no details, just a new Raspberry Pi. Well, that's what you did. Well, you know, you've got to be more specific. You've got. Are we looking at a Pi 5 or what? Yeah, let's say a Pi 5. Let's call it a Pi 5. I don't mind being judged on that. Okay. Well, that's that's easily quantifiable. Okay, my second one is there'll be a desktop-focused community remix of Ubuntu, not a flavor, a remix, that uses an immutable file system. Snap and Flatpak will be supported, and Canonical will wish them all the best and retweet them and all that, but there won't be any financial support, not yet. Obviously, we've got Ubuntu Core, but that is not desktop-focused. This is going to be specifically desktop-focused and immutable. Something to compete with, complement Silverblue, something in that category. I am going the opposite way to you. I would be fairly confident, and should have written this down, but I would be fairly confident to predict that immutable desktop operating systems are never a thing. Well, I'm going to put that in for three in the dock for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not just next year, but never. I can't spell immutable, God damn it! Copy and paste it from uh, Joe's thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Must resist. Well, we'll see. I, I think mine are a, a fair bet. I, I wanted to win, but I wanted to win um, not quite as easily as I thought I would win last time and didn't. So I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm playing at. 
My reservation on that is that you've not said how it will be immutable if it's got snap and flat pack. Is that going to be a third system? Are they going to, somebody going to invent something? Are they going to? I, I don't know. There's clever people out there. That's all I know. And uh, somehow they'll make it so that you've got this read-only root file system, but you can install snaps and flat packs on top of it as you wish. It's like you could install Raspberry Pi OS and then flick the read-only switch on the SD card. <laughs> While it's still running, <laughs> it just shades itself. Well, just the same as turning the power off. Well, we'll see on that one, won't we? All right, well, you've chosen to just cheat again, Graham, with, with even more. Yeah, okay. I did cheat. So I, I pasted in that Raspberry Pi prediction, um, my original second prediction. And we did this, I think, without any of us talking or knowing about what everyone else had uh, put down for their predictions. I thought there'd be a fork of GNOME. But when I read that everybody else had kind of written GNOME-based things, I I, kind of, I was typing as I, I made the prediction. I thought that, well, this, the other upside of that is that I do feel like KDE Plasma has made some real progress. There's Lots of people talking about it, seemingly lots of people using it, and yet there isn't really a flagship distro. There's Manjaro, and but it always comes as a bit of a choice. Same with OpenSUSE. And so my prediction is that something... I mean, there's, there's Neon as well, which I suppose is the only one, but it doesn't seem to get that many name checks. So my prediction is that one of these distros really becomes successful or a well-established distro becomes KDE only or KDE first, Plasma first as a kind of a consequence of all the trouble with GNOME and people realising that actually Plasma is really capable and already very popular. I hope you win next year. Yeah, I think that is a, a reasonable prediction. I think it's either my one or your one or Phalim's. I think it's something has got to give with this GNOME situation. And so one of the three of us will probably be right. But with that, we'd better get out of here then. Do send in your predictions, dear listener. I say this every year, show at latenightlinux.com. Let's see what you think is going to happen. But until next time, when who knows what we'll be talking about, probably news and stuff. I've been Joe. I've been Phelan. I've been Graham. And I've been Will. See you later. Mm-hmm.